I'm your host, Helen Delthwaite-Teasdale, and welcome to Brass Evolution, a show where we explore the rich culture and history of the brass banding world. In this episode, I will be chatting to Robert Fraser from Whitburn about the band's collaboration with the Whitburn Community Museum, some Whitburn legends, and a few discoveries they made along the way. Okay, Robert, well, welcome to the podcast. For those who don't know you, could you just give us a brief introduction into yourself? Yeah, my name is Robert Fraser and I am a member of Whitburn Band and I've been there since uh, 2004 as a player. And then recently in the last five or six years, I've kind of started looking after the archive of the band and also the library. So about 20 years uh, next year as a player, but only five or six in the my capacity as archivist and librarian. How did you get into the archivist job? How did you get roped into that? Well, <laughs> it was funny because um, we were we moved band rooms in, I think it was 2013. And when we did that, we had to obviously take a lot of stuff from the band room, which we'd been in for around about 40 years, yeah. and moved to the newer one. And we looked through a lot of stuff and we brought a lot of things in. And then... Uh, when we moved closer to the band's 150th anniversary, which was going to be in 2020, um, we started looking into things that we could use um, from the band's history to to talk about the band, uh, the story of the band, the legacy of it. And I got involved in that um, because if I'm a music teacher by trade during the day, but if I wasn't a music teacher, I think I'd be a history teacher. So... I quite enjoyed the the idea of all the historical artefacts from the band. Out of curiosity, I'm assuming yep. you have a lot of stuff, 150 years worth of archives and history. So yeah, you've got absolutely. you've got your work cut out, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's lots of stuff, and it's very interesting to see how over time the balance has changed. We have from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, lots and lots of photographs. Okay, and now brilliant. that's tailing off because so many people take them on their phones or devices and then don't print them out. So that's we've actually it. got less photos now than we've ever had. And all the photos are obviously on computers or online and we don't actually have physical copies of them where there's hundreds of photos from 20, 30 years ago. I feel like people can maybe attest to this, but many yeah. a band hall I've been in where it's just adorned with photos everywhere, <laughs> all this sort of archive stuff. But yeah. a real lack of photos from like maybe like the last 10 years. Because yes. like you say, it's all on our phones. We don't need to print that anymore. But of course, yeah. It's, more um, photos in band halls, guys. <laughs> yeah, the, um, the, the band room is uh, quite a large space. And we have lots of wall space with lots of things on it. But you're right, photos from the last five, 10 years are not predominantly there. Uh, we need to fix that thing. We need to get more well, photos. Well, there's, there's going to be a gap where, I mean, fingers crossed in 100 years' time, we're all still here, you know. But... <laughs> They're going to be like, I mean, did Bass Bandon just cut off in like 2010 or something? You know? <laughs> yeah, they just stop taking photos. <laughs> That's it. So predominantly, I want to talk to you about the band's collaboration with the Whitburn Community Museum. You have an exhibition out at the moment. Tell me, how did that partnership come about? Well, it actually goes back to 2018 and a project called the Strike Up the Band which yep. was a partnership between West Oldian Council and West Oldian Museums. And one of my colleagues uh, who was in the band at the time, Lloyd Griffin, was charged with taking control of that and interviewing 
band members and bands from the local area, West Lothian, Mid Lothian, East Lothian, and so on. And I actually got interviewed as a member of the Mid Lothian Brass Band and Pennycook Silver Band because that's where I grew up. And from that conversation, we talked about being able to show items uh, in the shop and the wee displays that they had. Yep. And I wondered whether we could, uh, Whitburn could uh, display anything for our upcoming 150th anniversary, which at that point was two years down the line. So spoke to a very, very helpful person in the council, Emma Peaty from West Lothian Museums, who was so enthusiastic about the band and said, we have a library in Whitburn, a library space. There's a couple of cabinets in it that have nothing in it. Why do you not put something from the band in it to kind of gain support and talk about the fact that it's the band's 150th anniversary? So we put a couple of small things in, just the wee kind of things that we'd found, uh, photos, trophies. Uh, we actually had CDs and tapes. Uh, wow. that we had. That's <laughs> that true. I know. So we put them into the library. And from that, from speaking to Emma, we, we decided about how we could mark the band's 150th in a more official capacity. Sure. Um, with the library and then of course we heard that the the library was going to close and a brand new partnership center was going to open which would tie in nicely with the band's 150th anniversary perfect timing right and then what happened in march 2020 is everything shut down for covid as we know yeah all the band's plans for the anniversary year were cancelled and all the contests all the concerts everything so I used the time to still plan for things and look things I actually used the time because of course we were at home weren't we so routine doing my day job I used the time to look at things gather evidence uh, and we also I also sorted the library which I'm sure wow (laughs) which people never have the time to do I certainly couldn't do it now uh, with the band schedule and my schedule and that kind of thing but I had the time then to sort it out so I was gonna say you've probably like obviously that that time period a lot of everything shut down uh, you know actual music live music basically came to a halt but actually you know what you've probably gained a lot of time to actually look at things more thoroughly and you know maybe that's a let's take it as a positive yes yeah it was a chance to uh, go through the library from start to finish and what the band held in terms of archive so all that got put on hold and then, um, as is with the, the current climate, things started to open up. And then the building materials, they actually found it really difficult uh, to get them. So the Partnership Centre opening was put back by six months. Then oh, goodness me. Months. So it went from 2021 into 2022. And then finally this year, it has opened in 2023. And it is a fabulous space in the heart of Whitburn, right at the cross encompasses the library as well as council services and rooms that the community can use and we have a focal point of that as part of the museum and we're the first organization in the town to use the space so it's been quite a it's a hundredth anniversary 150th anniversary but we're actually now into the 153rd year um, by the time better we got... late than never you know <laughs> it's just yeah. it's just a really great um transition from something like a very local project that's now sort of grown arms and legs gone from sort of a cabinet space now into a full exhibition in the community which is just fantastic so congratulations to you and the band well done on that you know successful uh, partnership uh, absolutely i need to uh, put a shout out to those so many people in the band who helped with digitizing stuff with digital interviews proofreading text with fact checking uh, all these things that come into it 
before it went to the council and they put it together. And of course, MAPT at West Lothian Council Museums. And they still obviously run the partnership centres. So um, it's there. And of course, right now we are able to still add things to it. I just got a, an email there a couple of weeks ago asking if we could put the, the Grand Shield from Blackpool into the display as something different, something a bit extra. And uh, that will be going into the display. Wow. Later. That's absolutely fantastic. You know, like yeah. it, it's living history, guys. They literally won the Grand Shield and it's going into the museum for everyone to see. Because yeah. actually, if you think about it, unless you're a, a bandsman going into a band rehearsal space, you would never actually see these kind of yeah. things. You'd never see the Grand Shield unless it was on a photo. So, you know, that's yeah. it seems a yeah. bit ridiculous, but actually, you know what? There's, there's yeah. some great history there. So it's, and it's it's so old itself, the Grand Shield. Yeah. You know, it's over a hundred years old. So to be able to look at it close up and see band names from years gone by. And when you realise when you're actually right there, it's really, really big. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it looks quite small when on the stage, quite far away if you're in the audience. And you have to lift it up, though, right? Yeah, so you need a few people, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know from experience, heavy, yeah. so, of course. It comes with its own wee carry case. Yeah, so that'll be going in later this year. That's, I think it's a, a perfect addition to the exhibition. As part of your work with the exhibition in the museum, did you make any sort of interesting discoveries along the way, things that you hadn't seen before or new donated items? Yes, we did. Uh, I've got two examples here for you. We had some uniforms, which were from the 60s and 70s, and then later on in the 80s, which uh, one of them was donated to the band and the other we had in the band already. But, you know, it's like with uniforms, it just oh, like yeah. sat there. Uh, <laughs> gathering gathering <laughs> dust and mothballs, right? Exactly. And people listening will uh, maybe not realise that Whitburn in the 60s and 70s had black trousers that had a stripe down the side. All right, yeah. Full, okay. almost military red yeah. jacket with a belt and a hat. And we still have the, the items. Uh, and we got that professionally mounted so we have the jacket and the hat in our frame professionally mounted on the wall in the band room now. And we also have the jacket from one of the legendary bass players, John Lambie, yep. uh, the jacket that he wore during the, the high peak of the major Peter Parks era in the 80s and 90s. So it was great to get them. But one thing I found which really interested me was we actually discovered a former bandsman who was sadly killed in the First World War. And um, that was William Aitken, and he died in December 1917 in Passchendaele. Um, now, as part of my job in school, I go every year on the battlefields trip, which okay. allows um, pupils uh, in S2, age 13, to go and see the battlefields of the First World War in Belgium and France. So we looked into, on the Commonwealth War Graves website, where he was remembered, and he had a grave in Passchendaele, and I was able to tell his story by going and laying a wreath on behalf wow. of the current Whitburn band. And this was in 2019, actually. And I went and laid a wreath there um, in 2019 on behalf of the current Whitburn band. So that was remarkable to discover his story in a newspaper and be able to go and pay our respects to him and others like him uh, in the First and Second World War. Because, of course, bands were affected by that with the call-up of people during these periods. Yeah, I think that's it's just so moving. You know, it's actually going from, like you say, a newspaper article or a photo to, you know, the actual space where they're laid to rest and things like this. It's just fantastic that you're being able to find that out and sort of bring the history to life for your students as well as the band. So 
So I know that the band's been conducting quite a lot of video interviews over the last few years with the current and past members. Why did you decide to do this? What was the importance of this to the band? Well, West Wallian were very good in the partnership that we did with the Museums Project. They actually gave us some formal training uh, via Zoom due to the circumstances on how to conduct interviews and how to gather evidence yep. from people when you're trying to tell a story. So rather than just put a display on in a space, we actually wanted to tell a story about the band. And so first off, we needed to decide, right, what's that story going to be? And I think a lot of people in banding will have heard of the name Whitburn and they'll know what it's associated with. But if you live in Whitburn or at any place in Scotland, I suppose, where you just perhaps just know Whitburn Band as the band, the borough band that plays at the gallery, and yeah. that's it. And you might not realise all the other things that the band's achieved, uh, contesting, uh, whether it be nationals, uh, European uh, recordings, TV and so on. So my focus was to try and show a display which people went away thinking, oh, I never knew that. I never knew that the band that did the gallery play at the Royal Albert Hall uh, yeah. on a regular basis or go and represent Scotland at the European Championships. So my focus was to do that. So as part of that, we decided to interview people who were able to give us aspects of their banding career through these events. So people who run the band, like my dad, the secretary, yep. uh, senior players in the band, like Chris and Evan Bradley, people who did a lot of the digital banding uh, things during lockdown, which, of course, Ryan Bradley did a fantastic job with. And also what we call the older gentlemen in the band, um, Bobby and Jimmy and Alec, who were playing at the height of the band's success with Major Peter Parks. We've all heard that man's name. We all know what he did. But to actually hear it from the guys and say, what was he really like? What did he actually do? Where did that magic come from? So we, I put together a list of um, people I would like to interview. Some people were like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and others were like, yeah, totally up for it. So I, in the middle of 2021, summer, I put up the pop-up stands in the band room. I set up a camera and I scheduled people to come in and do an interview. And then Ryan Bradley, very uh, helpful to me because I wasn't able to do this. He was able to cut and slice and edit them and put together uh, photos over the top as people were mentioning certain contests or, oh, yeah, yeah, they mentioned the European that year. We've definitely got a photo of that. And I'll, yeah. I'll add that in. Um, and then to um, my, my brother, Graham, who is a journalist by trade, went through the videos after, fact-checked everything, you know, any wording it was on screen and that kind of thing. So that whole process we did over the course of a couple of months and then it sat there and we got edited and photos and everything. And we've recently put them out as a, a collection of um, uh, videos and memories from um, the, the band's kind of archive series. Uh, which was really, really good to do. And it, I think it's uh, shown a light on, for example, the percussion one is a favourite of mine, to have the five band percussionists sitting together discussing where do you go from the minute you see a, a test piece to the performance for you guys, you know, not for brass who just, as you know, we just sit there and play. They need to move about. I mostly need... rest, to be honest. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I don't yeah, know about you. Yeah. I mostly count yeah. my rests. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, I think where the fact that you interviewed ex-members and current members, normally it's mostly ex-members that get the sort yeah. of archive stuff, but actually current members, you know, there's a real rich history there. And I know that 
when you have some of the old, you know, the ex-members in, like their memories spark other memories within the people being interviewed. So, and the fact that you could, you know, you've got a great team behind you putting together photos and fact checking. It's a really rich resource that you've created. I was going to say as well, as part of that, did anything sort of come up from the interviews that was new information to the band or did it just sort of expand your knowledge about certain time periods? Yeah, I think it it was interesting for me to sit and listen to them all and um, get all the information. A lot of the stories I'd heard about, but to get it from the people who were there, for example, stories about the major, to get for the likes of the wealth of experience that uh, Chris and Evan Bradley have in principal chairs that they were in. Chris was still current principal corner. Evelyn was principal euphonium for about 25 years. Um, And the experience of contesting and concerts that they had was phenomenal to hear. But it was um, good to see the interaction. I think the, the well, the bases base section had uh, a video which was good fun um, as well to do because I was in it uh, as well of course. on the other side of the camera, and it was good just to, to chat away because it was good to, as I say, explain the process of how do we go about making this happen, you know, as a section. But one thing I do remember, and sadly we lost uh, Sam Knox a couple of years ago now, and when the old gentlemen, new boys as we call them affectionately, mm-hmm. uh, were talking about the likes of Sam and the, their experience in the band. For me, Sam is just uh, an example of what is a bandsman. He um, joined Whitburn pre-1954 and he played in the third section national finals that the band won in 1954. And he played in the band where I won my first Scottish Championships in 2008 and he was still playing in Heartlands, our second, third section level band uh, above our Whitburn Youth Band in 2018. So he was within the organisation from before 1954. He was still playing in 2018. And that was just an incredible legacy he was able to um, give to the band. Um, and he played at all the contests and all the concerts and he had so many stories. So to hear the the gentleman talking about Sam and talking about his stories, that was really, really nice to hear. I think it's just fantastic that you, like a gentleman like that, you've got that wealth of the band being in lower sections all the way through to him, his whole musical experience, his whole musical journey, which is just fantastic. We touched earlier on about your work with the Living Memory Association. What was it like going through that process? Because I know the association deals with things like reminiscence and it's becoming more and more popular nowadays for um, people with dementia and sparking memories and things like this. So how did you find that experience? It was really good. And as I say, West Olean and the, the Living Memory Association have done such a fantastic job. If you go to one of their, it's like a display, but it's not because you can pick things up and look at them and play with them. And they used one of the shops in the Livingston Centre. And they also have one down in Edinburgh, which are vacant, empty shops. And you could just go in and pick up books, instruments. Uh, you could pick up toys. People would just be walking by and go, oh, I used to have one of them as a boy. And they would go in and so that was fantastic. And they did hold uh, meetings in there for, as you say, senior citizens or uh, those who suffer from dementia to kind of reform these memories. And it was a fantastic job that they've done within the displays that they showed. And they were brilliant with the band and allowing us to put instruments in there and uniforms and LPs, uh, CDs and things like that. And that was great. And they've done such a great job. Um, not just with the band, 
but also with other aspects of the town, uh, sporting, the gala day and so forth. And of course, with other things outside of Whitburn as well. Yeah, it's just fantastic that the band's been involved because you be, could be bringing back memories for people who were in the band or uh, weren't members, but have memories of the band from things like gala days or their relatives played in the band or they had the LPs. So just a fantastic idea and a gr- another example of a really great partnership. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, as I say, people affectionately call the band the Borough Band. I think it will always be the Borough Band of Whitburn. Um, and they go, yeah, see the Borough Band at the gala day and then they're able to look at photos and, and things like that. And we, we still fortunately have uh, a couple of uh, members who are from that period. Um, and I was very lucky to interview Chris Blair um, who is a former principal cornet of the band from that 1954 national finals winning performance. And I uh, spoke to him and he joined the band about 10, 15 years prior to that. Wow. So he was talking about being in the band in the 1940s. To actually have somebody still living who was able to talk about what the band was like was just brilliant. And Chris's interview is one of the ones which you can watch. Um, and I actually just saw him at the gala day last week. Uh, Fantastic! Yeah, yeah. He came out from um, the retirement home that he lives in now, and uh, the the accommodation. And he sat and listened to the band play a wee couple of marches before we set off at the gallery. And he's looking brilliant, I must say. Just like (laughs) these memories are like gold dust, you know. Like we may never be able to get like that experience that they had. So the fact that you interview him is just great. And I'm so glad to hear he's still listening to the band, even now, 2023. <laughs> Did he give you a week of tea? Because that's always what happens, right? <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll come down and give us a wee uh, crit as to what he's heard. A wee adjudication uh, from the retirement home. I uh, love it. Uh, absolutely. But it's great to have to hear what banding was like for him in what a, is in, you know, a different generation, a different world than it is. But one thing which I picked up from him, which I picked up from banding now, and this will be so true in so many bands across the country, is that feeling of family or community within the band's members. It was the same in 1935 as it is in 2023. And that's one brilliant thing about brass banding, which I think we can all say that we acknowledge that in our own bands. Absolutely. Uh, It's an ongoing theme from even the two interviews I've done so far is that a lot of bands are made up of family members and it, that's a strength. Honestly, it is. And it, intergenerational, there'll be people out there whose grandfather, grand, you know, parents, grandparents, there'll be a whole line of so genealogy on. out there yeah. of, um, <laughs> of former bands and bands people. So, yeah, just fantastic. He's still out there doing his thing, which is great. What's an interesting item from your band hall that you'd like to share with everyone? Well, one thing we did discover, uh, which I can say is on display in the museum, is what we affectionately have called Sam's Books. Oh, okay. Sam Knox, again, who I mentioned earlier. Sam, from 1979 to around about 1987, kept a record of every single gig that the band did. And every single player who was there and what they played and if it was a contest, what the result was. And if there was an adjudication, it's in there. So we have a book and it's about, you know, you get these old uh, well, phone books. Sure. It's about the size of a phone book, but about five or six volumes. And it goes, as I say, you can look and it goes 1979. And this is where the gig was. This is the conductor. This is who played third cornet, who played second baritone, who played solo trombone. 
and right through to 1987. And in it, you see names of people, for example, Andrew Duncan, yep. the tuba player at the BBC, of course, started his playing career in the band. In that first gig, played second baritone. <laughs> um, Brilliant. And you see the likes of Marty Wilson, trombone player from the Ulster Orchestra, coming through the band yeah. in the years. And you see uh, other conductors coming through. You see people who play with the band and now years later play with other bands, but they recall their time in the band. So when I saw that, I thought this is something that needs to be seen by people. Absolutely. So it's on display in the um, the museum. There's three or four volumes. And he just did it because that's the kind of guy Sam was. He just took details of what was happening at the time and who was playing. Now, that's something which a lot of people wouldn't think of, uh, but he did, and it's all handwritten by him. And he signed every single page, S. Knox. So having seen that, I thought it'd be good to start that up again. Wow, yeah, okay. So I started... um, annoying the band management, as it were, way back in 2019 when I said, so see that gala day that we did, see that concert we did. Who played Fourth Man Down? Because I, you know, yeah. who, who played this? Who played that? So I could get all their names. So we have that now from 2019, and it's now digital uh, in 2023. Just taking a quick screenshot of the band at each gig and saying, you know, we can look back and go, you played second baritone at that concert. Oh, yeah, so I did. So You've carried yeah. on his legacy, like that amount of well, journaling, like pre-brass yeah. band results, pre, you know, some of the publications <laughs> that we have out there at the minute. So, it's like, it was, it, it just, you know, it, you would stumble upon these, like, I, I just get the fear sometimes that these journals and these records just get, you know, they get misplaced, they get, they get destroyed. That is such yeah. an incredible resource and it's so great exactly. that you've got it out there, you can see. And you've taken on the mantle now, right? So... <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was fantastic to see. And I had seen them before, actually, and I'd not really thought about it that much until we came to put all this together. And I thought, I think Sam had books that he wrote. And, of course, the old boys were able to say, yeah, yeah, this is them here, or I used to keep them there, or, or they're in his house, I'll get them from him, and this kind of thing. So it, it was brilliant to see that. Um, and to have them now on display, as I say. Um, and the, the other item which we have, I suppose, is a, a kind of wee golden nugget in the collection, is the earliest photo we have of the band, which is pre-1900. Wow, okay. And it's on an old kind of card that photos used to be taken yeah. of in the day. And it's very um, kind of sketchy and a bit blemished in places. I think the side of it is torn off, like it's almost been bitten into oh, or something. Somebody was feeling hungry one day or point. something, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so, and you can look at it and see, and the photo has been reproduced, but this is the original yeah, one. Yeah, very important. It's in the museum as well. So to actually look at the guy standing, because uh, it was all uh, gentlemen yep. and ladies, and they're all standing and they're proud in their uniforms, and it's got Whitburn Band on the bass drum. And I like one a couple of years later in the 1920s, where there's obviously a wee boy who's maybe father or grandfather plays in the band. He doesn't have a uniform yet, um, and he's not holding an instrument. He's, he's wearing a, a duffel coat and a cloth cap, and he looks very dressed up. And he's got looks like a leather duffel bag. Okay. And I don't know whether he was maybe carrying a case or something, or maybe he was a librarian. A <laughs> child librarian. I mean, he might have been roped in by someone. He was probably, you know um, what? He was probably what? carrying. You know where like uh, parents carry their kids' instruments these days, and you yeah. know carry the gear. <laughs> he might have been doing that for his, you know. 
Perrin, yeah. who knows? He could have been robbed in. I know. I wonder what was he carrying in that bag? Mystery. And what did he do in the band? Yeah. So Will we ever it, find out? You know what? Yeah. You might find out one day. Exactly. So we <laughs> things like that are brilliant to see. We mysteries there. Fantastic. Yeah. Where can people find out about the band? Okay, so the Partnership Centre is in Whitburn. The display is there um, for definitely the rest of this year, uh, early next year. That's the Whitburn Partnership Centre. A wee shout out to Ailsa Magnus, who's a a local sculptor. She actually sculpted the uh, brand new uh, statue, uh, which is outside the front of the Partnership Centre, which is engraved onward, which is the town's motto. Yep but it's also the band's motto. And there's a few musical notes going through it. And the musical notes, the actual notation, she contacted us and wanted it to actually be a tune, not just random notes. Brilliant. And to actually be the Trevor Clef with the notes, proper notes in the right place. So the first four bars of the hymn tune of Whitburn are the music. Fitting, right? That's on. Brilliant. Um, so that's inside. So you can see everything there. If you want to contact the band, it's whitburnsecretary at hotmail.com. Uh, we have a website, whitburnband.com. We're at whitburnband on Twitter and YouTube, where you can, of course, see all the videos. And on Facebook and Instagram, we're just whitburnband. I'm going to put links to everything that we've discussed today, all the links to the band, the YouTube videos, um, and links to the museum as well. Robert, thank you so much for your time. It's been so interesting to hear about 150, are we going for 153 years now, yeah, of history? Roughly 100 years. Roughly, um, years. <laughs> that you've been able to put into a, a fantastic partnership and great collaborations in the local community. So thank you so much for your time again. Thank you. the podcast please help it to grow by liking sharing rating and reviewing you can also support by leaving a tip or buying a perk including asking my next guest a question or getting a shout out via pod inbox link is in the show notes every episode a portion of the ad revenue is donated to an organization chosen by our guest this week it's the whitburn band podcast music is mephistopheles performed by the illinois brass band